Hello, and welcome to the Hooked on Health podcast. This is your host, Dr. Sean T. Lorden, and author of The 11 Winning Secrets to Stop Aging in Its Tracks. Enjoy the show. Thanks for joining today for my uh, very first webinar on uh, low back freedom and and tips and tricks in order to uh, help those who are suffering from chronic low back pain, uh, degenerative disc disease, uh, failed fusions, uh, and all of the above help live a half a happier and healthier life, uh, free of medication, uh, free of painful surgery and, uh, lots of injections into the SI joint and low back. Okay. So let me share my screen here and get this going. So what are we here to talk about today? So we're going to talk about everything and anything low back. So if anybody's got any questions, uh, I'll have some time at the end uh, to uh, talk about that. And, um, you know, just think about as, as we go through and as I go through and I talk about sciatica, low back pain and, and DDD or degenerative spinal disease, uh, just think about any questions you might have. And toward the end, I'll, I'll have a little Q&A session um, for anybody that has any questions. Okay. Okay, so who am I, right? So I'm Dr. Sean Lorden, uh, and I am board certified in orthopedics uh, through the American Specialty Board of uh, Physical Therapy. And uh, I went to Northeastern University and uh, in Boston, and I own Concierge PT here in Sutton. Uh, and we've got a team of about six doctors of PT, and uh, we're located in Sutton, Mass, and, and hoping to uh, expand shortly to, uh, out to Westboro. So we'll have two locations and uh, you know, plenty of doctors to help with your uh, pain and, and potential problems. Okay. So what is in it for you? Okay, what are we here to learn about today? And what am I talking about? Okay, you're gonna learn specific ways to manage your low back pain. Okay, you're gonna learn about next steps, okay, in order to treat your low back pain and manage it from uh, not only a 30,000 foot level, but from a ground level, okay? no matter how long it's been bothering you. Five years, 10 years, two weeks, I'm gonna give examples for everything. You're gonna learn about a specific examination technique that we employ here at Concierge uh, and how it'll it'll help uh, define your specific low back pain. And we're gonna give you a chance at the end to learn about how you might have the opportunity to work with me or one of my doctors uh, in order to get you more personalized advice. Low back pain is an epidemic and it's getting worse. So I understand that currently we're going through a different type of uh, pandemic or an epidemic, uh, but low back pain is uh, the leading cause, if not one of the leading causes of disability uh, and inability to get to work throughout the entire world, okay? Almost half of the world is living with some sort of low back pain right now, which is incredible, one in two people. Uh, almost all of us, so 80%, so four in five uh, will get low back pain in their lives, okay? One in five uh, will experience low back pain for the first time this year, okay? So that's a really powerful, there's some powerful statistics. If you look uh, around you, and maybe you're working in an office with 10 other people, think about that, at least eight out of 10 of those people are gonna get low back pain in their entire lives. So if not for yourself, you know, this uh, webinar will be a nice opportunity for you to learn a little bit more and maybe help some, some other people in your life, whether it's a friend or a family member, uh, not only understand that low back pain pretty much happens to everybody, but how to manage it and how to deal with it uh, without getting injections and taking meds and all this other, uh, all the wrong paths to go, okay? Low back pain is associated with an enormous economic burden, okay? And by economic burden, I mean, if you can't work because you have low back pain, your family can't make money and um, insurance bills rack up and it's not a great, uh, it's not a great scenario, okay? Uh, those who have experienced activity limiting low back pain, uh, really so severe low back pain, uh, see an increase 
and having that same back pain come back uh, at, at a 33% rate. So if you bent and twist, let's say you were 25 years old, you bent and twist and, and hurt your back, there is a higher percentage that you will get low back pain again later on in life uh, to the tune of 33% higher. Okay. Those are the diagnosis of chronic low back pain. Uh, it just continues to rise. So in, in 1994, we had, uh, and this is the world's population. So we had about 4% of the world's population had chronic low back pain, meaning um, pain all the time. Okay, not intermittent, but pain all the time. Okay, 2006, that's jumped up to 11%, uh, and that's almost tripled, okay? So we just see that we're working, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, jobs, whatever job you work, you know, that does have a high correlation with your chance for, for getting and, and, uh, and having low back pain. So, you know, we're going to talk through different types of jobs and whether it's a highly laborious job or if it's your sitting all, all day, these are things that uh, can really, uh, can really, um, and, you know, <laughs> increase your chances for having low back pain. And, and we'll talk about ways to, to combat, uh, you know, if you do have a job where you're sitting all day or if you're, uh, you know, you're doing a high, highly intense uh, job, how to fix, you know, how to do some stretches and some exercises to make sure that you're not getting low back pain at a high rate. What does low back pain cost the average American? Okay. So this is a really fundamental question uh, in society is, you know, in terms of healthcare, you know, especially with the deductibles rising and, you know, the inability to access a copay right away, um, we really need to be careful of how we're approaching the healthcare funnel. Where are we starting? Are we starting at a PCP? Are we starting at an orthopedic surgeon who might cost $500 for a consult? Or are we just starting at a PT who may cost $160 for a consult and 80 bucks for five visits and you have a solution versus going to an orthopedic surgeon who says, there's nothing I can do now, just try some PT, but then you're out $500 just to get their opinion, okay? Low back pain is a multi-billion dollar industry. You know, in that industry, we include TENS machines, we include medications, we include surgeries, we include the tools they use for surgeries, okay? All of the above, on top of that, the salaries of all the, all, all the surgeons and, and, and doctors and medical assistants and front desk agents involved. It's just, it's a super high, um, it's, a, it's a very uh, busy industry, okay? So I'm, I'm here to help simplify it for you. Uh, fusions and laminectomies, so these are the most common low back surgeries, can cost upwards of $50,000. The crazy part is they're not clinically proven to be any better than PT. We look at five-year outcomes of patients who get a laminectomy, a lumbar laminectomy, and a laminectomy is just pretty much to oversimplify it. It's like a rotor rooter to your low back. They find the spinal canals that are um, that are just busy with arthritis and, um, you know, just that are clogged up and they rotor root through it and they create more room for the nerves to go. Okay. Uh, sometimes your symptoms, you know, in order to get a laminectomy, you may have, you know, really bad numbness and tingling down your legs. You might have severe pain. You may have saddle anesthesia, meaning that your butt is numb. Uh, you can't feel a toilet seat. You might be losing bowel or bladder, uh, sensation or, um, you know, you may just uh, be losing urine a little bit. So these are indications for, for those surgeries, but believe it or not, I mean, and especially we've got here at concierge, we've got two PTs that are certified in, in women's health. Um, you know, we want to look at everything, including the core uh, and the way those muscles are firing. And we've got, believe it or not, we've got tools that can actually go inside and tell how the pelvic floor is firing and how those muscles are firing uh, and if they're firing so that you can maybe put off some of these uh, you know, not only dangerous surgeries, because there are a lot of side effects with surgeries too. You talk about blood clots, you talk about potential paralysis. Nobody wants to talk about that and there are low rates, but that is a risk. Anytime somebody's cutting you open, there, there are risks. Okay. So, you know, you've got to be really healthy and active and especially going into this thing, you know, you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can, um, to, to avoid going under the knife. Okay. It's not always the solution. And, I can't tell you how many times in the clinic, just from anecdotal experience, you know, I've had failed fusions, I've had failed, um, you know, laminectomies, discectomies, uh, and the whole goal was, you know, the thought process of the patient going into it was, well, I'm bone on bone, so what is it that a PT can do? Well, the answer is there's a lot, 
because everything the PT does is we, we work, if there is stenosis, we work to gap the joints and to open up that space. Okay, and then we work to fix the root cause, which is tight muscles around there in order to fix the problem, okay? Understanding the way pain works is also a huge, um, you know, is also a part of the whole picture. And, you know, with your low back, uh, it's a little bit more complicated because your discs are innervated. Um, they get their nutrition through, um, it's, it's through osmosis, right? So when, when your discs are loaded up and down, they, that's how they, the, the nutrition drives through the vertebra into, through the end plates into the disc. So this motion is really actually good for the disc, okay? That's driving nutrients into it, okay? When you bend and you rotate, that's how the disc tears. So if you bend over and try to pick something up like a 50 pound box off, off of the ground and you're bending at your, at your back, meaning you're not using your knees and your hips and you're twisting, your spine just from a physics perspective, that's just, it's just not a strong, it's not, it can't support that type of motion. And that's where your discs will start to, they'll tear, okay? When your discs tear, and I'm going on off on a little tangent here, but when your discs tear, what happens is, blood flow comes in to heal that tear. And with that blood flow, there's neogenesis of nervous tissue. With nervous tissue, there's um, pain receptors, okay? So now as the tissue heals, as that disc heals, it's now got new pain receptors that anytime you move and twist, um, you've got pain receptors where there previously weren't pain receptors, okay? Or as many pain receptors, I should say. So that's why low back pain quickly becomes chronic because if, as the pain receptors continue their process of replicating, because when you bend and twist and the pain receptors continue to, to uh, multiply, that's why the pain gets chronic, okay? So what we need to do is make sure that we're hitting that inflammation and that process at, at its root cause, maintaining appropriate muscle length and improving strength in, in the low back. So you're not getting those symptoms all the time because when you get the symptoms all the time and you're living with it daily, then there's a neural feedback loop in your brain and your brain starts to tell you, okay, this low back pain is normal. And that's where we, we've got to cut it. We can't continue. We can't, once that cycle hits the brain, it's a dangerous phenomenon. So we really want to encourage getting, you know, getting in to see a, a physical therapist as soon as possible. So you're moving properly. And if you're moving properly, that pain cycle is going to be cut. Um, so it's, that doesn't become a brain neural loop. Okay. So again, when you talk about the cost, back to the cost, it can cost you, I mean, most people have a max out of pocket in their insurance plans of between 11 and $15,000. Okay. These surgeries, you get a spinal fusion surgery, you're going to hit that 11 or $15,000 uh, out of pocket max, no problem. And, and that means that you're out of pocket, almost $15,000 for that $50,000 insurance for that $50,000 surgery. So it's not free. It's not even just covered up to the deductible. Yeah, they're going to charge everything they can all the way up to that max out of pocket because that's how these hospitals work. Never mind the opportunity cost of not being able to work for the next three or four months, potentially six to nine months, right? So if you get a fusion, it's a really complicated fusion. You can't go back to work the next week. You're going to have to be in physical therapy for at least three months. And uh, never mind, you might have a small stint in a nursing home or, well, not a nursing home, but an acute rehab, potentially a skilled nursing facility, depending on your level of ability. Uh, and it just, it can get really expensive really fast. And, you know, not only, I just really want to stress, it's not only the cost of the surgery, it's the cost of not being able to work or do anything because of the debility from the surgery. Okay. All the more reason to do something about it today. Who does it impact? Okay. So low back pain uh, hits, tends to hit women, women a little bit higher than men, okay? Increased age is associated with a higher prevalence of low back pain. And when you think about it, that makes sense because arthritic low back pain, degenerative low back pain, uh, stenosis, which is kind of bone on bone or, or created bone at the, at, the, um, at the prominences, the facet joints, uh, that happens as we get older in age. And that's just a result of posture. And it's a result of um, your discs, they lose their aqueousness or their water content over time, okay? So as the discs lose their water content, the spine starts to shrink. So if you think about, uh, you know, you, you, maybe your parents, for instance, right? So if your parents are in their 70s like mine, you know, my dad used to be five foot 11 and a half. He's now five foot nine, and he's only 72, 
So he's already lost two and a half inches. And it's not just because his, his spine is a little bit more flexed and, and that plays into it too. It's that his discs are losing water. Okay. Uh, so that, you know, that'll play into, um, that's why you see a higher prevalence of low back pain with increased age because the closer the spine joints get together, then they start to rub on each other. When they rub, it's a wolf's law, it creates more bone and bone on bone, you know, that's not a, you know, a fun situation because when there's bone rubbing on bone, that's what creates the pinching and the pain and an inflammation kind of starts to sit around those capsules and then it's just, a, it creates a pain cycle. So that's not fun, okay? So more severe forms of low back pain continue to uh, progress with age. And again, we talk about compression fractures. That's another severe uh, form of low back pain and compression fracture is just, you know, and that's obviously more prevalent actually in white women um, because of bone density issues. White women, uh, Caucasian women are more likely to have um, osteopenia and osteoporosis. Uh, and especially I would say 50 plus populations. So you tend to see compression fractures there and that's just a, a, a fracture of the, the, the vertebra, the vertebral body. And so any flexion or really extension, any, any sort of movement can really hurt, okay? And you tend to see those, you know, in the, in the thoracic spine. So you see it at the junctions. So where the curve is in the, in the thoracic spine, you'll see it at T10, T11, T12. You'll see it T6, T7, T8, right where the apex of the curve is. And sometimes you'll see it a little bit higher T1, T2. Uh, but those tend to be really painful and there really isn't a great way to treat them, okay? So we've got the surgeons can go in or even maybe, uh, you know, physiatry can go in with a cement type compound and kind of fix the fracture a little bit or just support it. But again, I mean, just knowing about it is the most powerful tool so you can help uh, regain your mobility today so that you don't turn into that, you don't create that kyphotic type posture, which will eventually, um, you know, increase your risk, you know, that severe form of low back pain, which is a fracture in your spine. And again, it's insidious. It just happens over time. But one morning you wake up and your back is killing you. And then you go to the doctor, the doctor says, oh, well, it's just going to x-ray your spine. They see this compression fracture. And as doctors, we, we typically associate fractures with trauma, but this is just a postural trauma, which is incredible. That's how, how powerful your posture is. Okay. Those with a high school diploma or lower tend to have a higher uh, incidence of low back pain, uh, increased prevalence, uh, and they typically have longer episode duration and worse outcomes. So who's getting treated and who's getting bad advice? Okay. This stat is just bewildering. 7% of those who go to their primary care with low back pain get referred to PT. 7%. So seven out of 100 sufferers from low back pain will get the solutions that they need from a specialist to PT or even chiropractic, right? I think chiropractor has a lot to offer, uh, patients as well with, low, with, you know, mechanical low back pain. But what are those other 93% of people getting? That to me is scary. So are they getting a script for Oxycontin? Are they getting an x-ray and then sent home with a sheet of exercises? I, I don't know what's happening because they don't come to me. So if they came to me, I would look at their posture. I would look at their, their whole body and, you know, do my typical concierge approach and, and look and see where the root cause of the problem is coming from. Uh, but we wonder why there's an opi opiate epidemic in this country when 7% of people who are having low back pain are getting sent to, to somewhere where they're going to get a solution. So where else do they have to turn? Um, you know, rest and painkillers is clinically proven not to work. It is just not going to work. Uh, in fact, I would go so far as to say those, and there's studies that show this, those who are afraid of moving and just want to rest have way worse outcomes than those who are willing to take the next step and start to move uh, even though they have pain. And that's something, again, you wanna work with your physical therapist to, to do the right exercise and the right movements. Um, but if you rest your muscles, up to 25% of your muscle mass can atrophy within one week if you just lay in your bed and do nothing. 25% of your muscle mass. That could take you three to four months to rebuild. So if your back is killing you, you have to spend a week on the ground, you could lose up to 25% of your muscle mass. So just think about that. 
that's why it's so important to have a solid exercise routine. Even if it's just a couple days a week, even if it's just walking a couple exercises done by uh, that you got from your PT, but just please, if you get a sheet of exercises from your doctor and it's on a, you know, a grayscale piece of paper and they look like stick figures from 1982, just throw it away and call a PT. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be me. Just call somebody who knows what they're doing. Okay. Um, cortisone shots, meds, again, I mean, the cortisone shot is great for inflammation, um, but it's just, it's just masking the problem. What is the root cause of the problem? Who is putting you through a mechanical movement exam to see where the pain is coming from? Okay. Super poor correlation between imaging and what's actually going and symptoms for low back pain, what's actually going on, right? So you could have the world's worst herniated disc on an image on an MRI or a CT scan, and it could have zero correlation with your actual symptoms. Uh, and that's frustrating for a lot of people because what do we want when we go to the doctor? We want a diagnosis. Sean, I just want an MRI. I want to know what's going on with my back. Well, Mr. Jones, you're getting back pain because your posture is terrible. Your hips are really, really tight and your low back isn't moving. So we, we need to get it moving, you know, and also not for nothing, but your gait is off. You, you have no stride length. Um, you know, you've got no abductor strength in your hips. We've got to work on everything in order to get rid of that pain. It's not just uh, the fact that you have a herniated disc. That's not causing all of your pain. Okay. What does big pharma not want you to know? Okay, so big pharma and opiates, obviously it's been in the news the last really five years or so. Um, big pharma has been a, um, a big pusher and now they're kind of owning it about the opioid epidemic, um, you know, a lot of the problems they've created, uh, but people are stuck on these pills, okay? And all it does is it, it's a, it, it masks the pain and symptoms at the neural level, okay? And it kind of gives you a little bit of extra, um, you have less fear of movement because it's, it's masking the pain and the symptoms at your brain level, okay? So I would much rather have somebody take an NSAID or um, something that's not non-narcotic, you know, an NSAID that actually hits the inflammation or, or a cortisone shot because that's actually hitting the pain at the root cause, okay? Um, so unfortunately, big, karma, big pharma in, in the United States at least uh, tends to capitalize on your pain you know, and it, frankly, it is easier for a doctor to say, okay, you know, here's two weeks of 800 ibuprofen um, and some exercises, you know, try that instead of just saying, hey, here, go see Sean, he's a specialist um, down the street, okay? Much easier to just give a pain pill. They've got 15-minute appointment slots. Maybe they'll schedule it for an X-ray or an MRI, um, but typically an MRI is not something uh, at the primary level they're going to give you right away if you have low back pain. It's going to be an X-ray, see what's going on, make sure it's not cancer or anything um, pernicious and, you know, either send you hopefully down the street to PT, but now we know that's only happening 7% of the time. So again, what's happening to the other 93%, I can only assume. And I, I hope that it's not a narcotic prescription, but I can guarantee you that at least at 1% level it is. Okay. Um, so the U S healthcare system, you know, again, it's just not working optimally. Typically, if you, you know, when I tell my patients is, you know, thanks, you know, I'm so happy you chose me, but really PTs should be the primary care provider for anything musculoskeletal. If you have neck pain, shoulder pain, low back pain, go see a PT directly. You don't need a referral to see a PT. 99.9% .9 of insurance companies will not hold a referral over your head if you need to go see a PT right away. So, and at least in my, at my business, we, the front desk just calls the primary care. They send it right over. It's not an issue at all, ever. Um, and we call that direct access. And that's state law that you can just come right to a physical therapist uh, and we can diagnose your, your pain problem, okay? Your movement problem. And again, if we think there's something red flag wise going on, if we feel as though there's uh, cancer or something, you know, really suspicious, you know, we're gonna send you back. We work with your primary care and, uh, you know, many orthopedic surgeons, you know, at least in this area, and we want to make sure that you get a salubrious and a, and a healthy outcome. And, and that's, you know, we need to look at the big picture too. You know, working with rheumatology, we work with all different departments, but, you know, you are the client, you know, you choose, you can hire and fire as you please. If I'm not doing a great job, fire me, go somewhere else. Uh, but my job is to work with you and surround you with a team of folks that can help solve your pain problem and your activity problem. Um, and again, I mean, I don't need to mention this, but, Holistic care, prevention, nobody talks about that. 
everybody were, and that's primarily why the U.S. healthcare system is, is, in my opinion, broken because all we're doing is fixing symptoms. We're not doing anything to help prevent the symptoms in the first place. There's no holistic approach to healthcare, nutrition, any of that. There's nothing. Where's the education? We're not providing it to our kids in the school systems. And as adults, you know, what are you forced to read? Men's Health and Prevention Magazine for nutrition? I mean, where are you getting nutrition advice? Who's to say, who's to say uh, what's right and what's wrong for you? Okay. So again, all the more important to, to have a team of specialists and somebody who's looking at you from 30,000 feet with an actual hour to spend time with you um, to, to be able to ask those questions too. Okay. Okay, so I've just got to talk about this, and this is just, I'm not going to spend too much time here, but it's something that drives me wild. The cookie cutter PT clinic, okay? And I get this all the time, you know, and it's typically, you know, it's always somebody who, who still has pain and they've, they've tried PT before and it doesn't work. And, I, you know, and I, I usually ask, have you tried PT anywhere else? And I say, okay, so what happened there? What did they do? You know, well, I went three times and, um, you know, they gave me, it was all exercises. Uh, and, and I said, well, how long did they see you for? 30 minutes. You can't get anything done in 30 minutes during a physical therapy session. You know, maybe if, if, you, if you have to go in there and it's just hands-on and, and you got to do it quick, um, that's one thing. If it's a session here or there that's just hands-on or we're just trying to get you out of a, uh, an acute exacerbation, you know, that session might be 20 to 30 minutes and some, some ice and stim, but you know, if you're, if you went to PT and they just put their hands on you for, you know, five minutes, you know, maybe did a little rub here or there. And then it was 20 minutes of stretching and a home exercise program. And you're out of there on three visits. That's not physical therapy. Okay. That's crap. So, or if you were hand my favorite is, oh, they used the ultrasound wand and they ultrasounded my, you know, my butt and my back for about 10 minutes. And you know, then they rubbed it for a little bit and uh, handed me an exercise sheet and I was good uh, not PT. Okay. Uh, I got an exercise sheet from my doctor. Okay. And I did all those exercises. It's not going to help. Okay. How do you know you're doing the exercises properly? <laughs> Is there somebody there showing you how to do them properly? Because when you're in acute low back pain, if you're not doing an exercise properly, you're probably going to make it worse. And you're going to be picking up the phone, calling the local chiropractor or whatever you have to do, because you don't know what your problem is to begin with. Okay. Um, these things just drive me wild because it's just bad for the profession. Okay. Um, if you're at PT, you look to the left, you look to the right and everybody's doing the same exercises, the bird dog, the clamshell, the bridge. Okay. The prone press up. These are important exercises, but if everybody is doing them at the same time, does that tell you you're getting individualized care? No. Okay. So just, you're going to get a gut feeling as soon as you walk into someplace, whether it's the right place for you or not. Um, you know, and, and I would go so far as to just at least go through the evaluation and, um, you know, it's just so important to have a good rapport with whoever your physical therapy provider is, because you're going to be asking them a lot of questions and, and that relationship just really has to be good in order to, to progress well, because it is, it can potentially be a three to six month treatment plan. Uh, not that you're going to be in PT for that entire period of time, but you might be sending your PT an email six months, you know, six months in the future and your PT, you know, you want to have a good relationship. It's really important. Uh, and I stress that with my staff to, to really keep in touch with their patients and, uh, you know, be empathetic. So if you find one of these cookie cutter PT clinics, run. Okay. And if your doctor tells you you have to go to one of these places, fight them because you can go anywhere you want. It's direct access. At least in the state of Massachusetts, you can do whatever you want. Okay. What are they missing? Okay. So how come, you know, five minutes of rubbing and, uh, you know, some ultrasound and some stim and, you know, a couple exercises, why doesn't that help? Okay. Well, the real problem is because nobody's identified what the actual problem is. Okay. So you might have diagnostically a degenerative disc disease or a spinal fusion or a laminectomy. That doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care about any of that. What I want to look at is how is your spine moving? How is your body moving? Because that's you're going to have pain doing things. You're not going to have pain in isolation just lying on your back. You may, but you know, that's because we haven't looked at what's going on and why things aren't moving properly. Okay. 
I can say this because I've been in the field for almost 15 years now. And I, you know, I own a practice and I've seen a million, a million patients connective tissue, which is the, the tissue that's right on top of the muscles. It's just really complex. It is so complex. It goes all the way from the back of your head, all the way down your spine and the same thing all the way up at the front of your body. It's all connected. Every single bone and joint and muscle in your body is connected uh, through, through a tissue. We call it fascia, but through a fascial highway. Okay. There can be trigger points potentially in the bottom of your feet or in your calves or in the front of your shins, the anterior tips that are, if hung up and not addressed, will cause movement impairment in your spine. So just let that sink in for a moment. Your calves, if tight, may cause movement impairment at your spine. So if you went somewhere, they didn't look at your whole body, you're not going to get the solutions that you're looking for. Okay. Um, we need to identify where the where the muscle the muscles are tight and the connective tissue is hung up. We need to use any sort of tools in our uh, toolbox: dry needling, Graston technique, spinal manipulation, exercise, stretching, hands-on massage, whatever it is. I don't care what we use. Whatever it, it is, we've got to use it in order to help release those trigger points and get some normal flow and, and, and elasticity back to your muscles. Total body approach is the only way that you're ever going to fix low back pain. Okay. And again, we would be, I would be remiss not to mention other things affect low back pain too. Okay. So stress, your diet, your activity level, hobbies, you know, it's just so important. That's why you need time. That's why your doctor or PT needs time with you to develop a particular plan, a tailored plan to you to help you get the results that you're looking to get. So let's say you golf or play tennis. You know, we're going to be doing different exercises as the treatment plan progresses in order to get you back to doing those exercises. We're not going to be doing exercises to get you back to swimming or, you know, something you don't care about. We want you to hit the, you know, hit the goals that you're, that you're looking for. I love this one. So why should I trust you? Right. So what do I, what do I know? Uh, I've been around for a little while. Um, you know, I own a, an orthopedic practice and, uh, you know, I, I regularly contribute to podcasts. I'm an author, um, board certified in orthopedics, uh, in about, I think we, in Massachusetts, I think there's less than, you know, maybe a hundred of us right now, uh, who are board certified in orthopedics. And to give you an idea, I think there's about 20,000 20, PTs in, um, in Massachusetts. Um, you know, and again, I, I've worked in hospitals, I've worked in acute care settings, uh, which is right after the hospital, really the hospital. I've worked in subacute settings, like a brain tree rehab, um, where people are typically there for a week or two. I've, I've worked in the skilled nursing facilities uh, with, with really, really sick older adults. I've worked home care. So I've seen patients go from getting a spinal fusion surgery immediately home uh, and then bridging that gap to outpatient PT, which, you know, is currently the, the location that I'm in now and the, in the clinic that I own. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. So I, I do know a little bit about low back pain and, and what's going on. Let's just dive into the risk factors a little bit here. Okay. So two different types of risk factors that I look at um, for low back pain and, and the main types are what's modifiable and what can't be changed. Okay. We were talking about this earlier jobs with a higher physical demand, you're going to have higher low back pain. It just is what it is. So if you're bending and twisting all day, you're working at a factory, you're working at uh, on a conveyor belt and you're doing the same repetitive task all day long, you're going to have a higher risk for low back pain just because your muscles are constantly going underneath the same tension um, sequences. Okay. So that's something I, I'm going to ask about and we're going to look at. Let's say you're an Uber driver or you're a taxi driver or a limo driver, you're sitting all day. So we need to do exercises to help counter that. And if you're not, uh, nothing's going to change. This is a really interesting one. So, and this is something people ask me, you know, when I'm out all the time, you know, am I done for because my dad had degenerative spine disease? My dad had a bad back. My mom had a bad back. Am I, you know, am I toast? Am I done for? Uh, and the answer is really not necessarily because now we know so much more about low back pain uh, in 2020 than we did even, you know, 
10, 15 years ago uh, when I graduated, um, you know, we're finding that, you know, the more you do to help stay active, uh, it's just, there is certainly a genetic component and especially with some of the other, you know, there's um, ankylosing spondylitis and there are certainly some bad, you know, spinal diseases that have genetic drivers. But in general, if you have a good diet, you're not doing a job where you're constantly bending and twisting, uh, you're well-educated uh, and you know, socioeconomically you're doing okay, you're gonna make better decisions when it comes to your health uh, and understand a little bit more. So uh, there is a relationship between genetics, body build uh, and early environmental influences, but you're not totally, you're not toast if, um, you know, just because of your, of your genetics. Uh, so just do whatever you can uh, in terms of stretching and staying healthy and eating well. Uh, and by eating well, everybody's different, right? So you know, the big thing is, is uh, lactose-free or gluten-free and dairy-free diets now. I, that's just what it is now. But uh, I would tell you to consult. I love um, Valerie Figali. She's phenomenal. She's, uh, I, can, I can put her information maybe uh, at the end of the the uh, webinar here, but she's just a phenomenal nutrition coach and uh, doctor of physical therapy as well. Uh, but she's done some great work for, for my family and just uh, in terms of just a needs analysis and looking at all the different modifiable risk factors like stress and everything else, sleep, okay, all of these things, uh, they have factors when it comes to, um, to chronic disease, uh, any, any chronic disease, but especially low back pain. Uh, smoking over, you know, and obesity are obviously, you know, two modifiable risk factors. If you don't smoke and, and you control your diet, um, you're going to have less of a chance of having sciatica. And sciatica is just referred low back pain. Uh, so that's uh, pain down your leg. Uh, and it could be, you know, two different causes. It could be just a, a pinch down the pathway where that sciatic nerve goes, or it could be a pinch proximally, um, you know, at the level of the spine. So it could be just a muscle kind of tightening, you know, the piriformis and the sciatica, that's less than 5%. Typically it's coming from your low back. So uh, with sciatica, I, you know, and that's commonly everybody WebMDs their low back pain if they're getting referred pain. So referred pain, I, I'm talking about numbness and tingling down the leg. Uh, everybody comes and they say, you know, I've got sciatica. And I say, okay, well, let's just look at a couple of different things. And, and, you know, 95% of the time it's coming from the low back. Okay. So what we do is we loosen up. There's a series of nerve glides that we call them that help loosen up the nerves and, uh, and get rid of that sciatica. Okay. There, as I was talking about earlier, again, the spine, when everybody, they come in and say, I, just, I need to get an x-ray. I need to get an MRI or a CT scan. I need to figure out what's going on with my back. Again, there's very poor correlation between what they're finding on an x-ray or an MRI and what's actually causing your symptoms. And the reason for that is because an MRI just shows you the anatomy. It does not show you where the muscle, where the inflammation is. It can show you a little bit, but just in those areas. And it doesn't show you which muscles are tight and which muscles are weak. And that's what's causing the problem. So it's great to have that if they're going to do surgery because they want to know which, which disc to operate on, but it doesn't necessarily help us in the, in the PT setting. I have a herniated disc. What now? This is my favorite question. So we commonly, I mean, it's one of the most common forms of low back pain. Uh, typically when people, folks come in, they have a herniated disc, they have pain with bending forward or they're hitching when they're coming up or they have to walk their hands back up in order to stand back up again. Uh, typically 25 years old or beyond, I'm not seeing a herniated disc in, a, in an adolescent. Um, and usually what I'll say is if they're in, a, in an acute stage of exacerbation, you know, the first week or two, I'll, I'll recommend NSAIDs. So I'll recommend, you know, a dose of 800 milligrams of uh, ibuprofen or Motrin. Okay. But again, that's just for two weeks. Okay. Control the inflammation and then slowly introduce pain-free exercise. Might be sore at first, but we got to get the spine extending again, because what do we want to do with that disc? We want to push it as we extend the spine. We want to push it back into place here. Okay. So it's just going to go, it's going to pinch back into place. We want to loosen up those hips, okay? If your hips are tight, where are you going to get your mobility from? If you need to bend and twist, you're going to get it from your low back. So if your hips are tight, your hips are responsible for flexion or bending and for, you know, when you bend forward to pick something up, you're getting that at your hips and your knees. 
If you're bending your spine, it's gonna put a lot of pressure on those discs. So we need to have nice and mobile hips. Okay, so this is a great exercise here. How many times, how often? So if you get an acute flare up of low back pain, we wanna be doing it uh, 10 reps on the hour, every hour. Okay, if you've got, and that's specifically for the, for the herniated disc. You know, sometimes I'll even go so far as, you know, if you're working from home, lie in your stomach and just do some documentation with your laptop on the ground. So we call that prone, excuse me, prone on elbows. Pain should be better by week three. Function should be, should return by week six. Okay. And again, if you've got a herniated disc and you don't have a relationship with the PT, uh, go find one in your area because that's really important and find a good one, not a cookie cutter. Okay. Osteoarthritis degenerative disc disease, degenerative joint disease. And what's the difference, right? So to me, I, I bundle them all up because really they're, they're all a product of an active lifestyle, okay? So probably a little higher risk if you're obese and if you're a smoker for getting all these, right? Because again, smoking and obesity is gonna reduce the height of these discs, which is gonna, again, as the, as the spine becomes closer here and bone rubs on bone, it propagates more bone which you're gonna get that DJD, okay? Degenerative disc is the same thing. If it's not properly hydrated because you're not drinking enough water, it's not healed well, um, you know, you're gonna have pain there. So I almost never show patients uh, images like this of the bulging disc um, because it's just, uh, it's bad for patient education because they see this and they, they think I need surgery because the only way to do it is to snip it out. It's not true. If you extend your spine and do those press ups and do the extension exercises with a hernia, this is a herniated disc, uh, you can push that bulge back where it belongs. Okay. There's going to be inflammation in here in the meantime. How do we hit the inflammation? Well, we do two weeks of ibuprofen, not 10 years of opiates. Okay. Don't mask it with pills, treat it with NSAIDs. Move, get walking, you know, do some pelvic tilts, do some hamstring stretches. Do the basic exercises that are going to help your spine. You know, anytime your spine moves, it's, it's good for your body. Um, you know, we don't want it to be painful. We just want to do some gentle exercise that uh, we can get some, uh, some healing factors back into that area. We want to stay hydrated. Okay. We're to do the, these moves. So a lower trunk rotation, a pelvic tilt in supine and walking. So these should be on my, uh, if you go on the website and download the low back pain report, these exercises should be on there. Obviously walking is, is walking. It's starting to get cold out. So just uh, do what you can. I mean, if you get a treadmill at the house, great. Uh, if not, you know, it's good to get some fresh air too. Uh, just bundle up and, you know, start with a short walk. Uh, you know, and if you feel like you've got a shuffling gait, just be very careful in, in the winter. Uh, don't want to have any falls. Okay. Weight bearing exercise and osteoarthritis. So it's great for osteoporosis, osteopenia but it's also great for the spine in general. Um, and again, we need to get to the point where you're not having a ton of pain. So weight-bearing exercises can be great um, to help reduce pain and inflammation, uh, but only if you're doing the right exercises. Why am I so stiff? My back is just stiff. It just seems like I can't move it. Do I just need a massage? 99% <laughs> of the time, I, every eval that comes in for the low back, it's just, it's stiff. I just need a massage. I'm telling you, it's, it, massage may help a little bit, but it's just going to help your brain feel better. It's not going to help your muscles and your joints heal. Okay. So the specific muscle groups that we need to target are the piriformis, the glute med, the hamstrings, the calves, really everything on the back of your body. So that we need to loosen it up. So when you bend your, those muscles have good pliability and flexibility. You're not bending from the spine. Okay. So that's the first thing that I address. I don't rub your, I will, you know, massage and, and maybe manipulate and work on your back. But the first thing that I'm going to do uh, is look at your whole posterior chain, which is, you know, from your plantar fascia up your calves, hamstrings, glutes, got to get everything moving. Okay. This, this is a cup shown here. Uh, we do do cupping here at concierge, but again, I just really want to stress, it doesn't matter what the, uh, technique or intervention is that we're using, what matters is that we're doing whatever we can to loosen up the muscle tissue. Okay. So cupping is one option, dry needling, you go with the needle, you twist it, you stretch it, that stretches out the muscle tissue. Got some pretty good results at the low back with the dry needles. Um, this helps loosen up the muscle tissue a little bit and can cause just, it can get into those 
deep trigger points, which you just can't seem to get with your hands. Uh, so dry needling is pretty good. Uh, but again, just please get some professional help. I mean, you know, PT, I feel as though PT is a, a wonderful solution because it includes, you know, if you find a good, a good PT in a good clinic, you know, PTs, good PT should be able to do spinal manipulation. So if they can combine spinal manipulation with cupping and, and Graston, which is the, you know, the tools, the scraping tools that don't feel wonderful, but they get the job done, they get results. Uh, that's what you want to find. Don't go somewhere that's just going to rub your muscles because it's going to be a waste of money. Okay. Is there a long-term solution for low back pain? Okay. So really the question is, it, it's, it's, that's a great question. And it's, it's so hard to answer that because it's really, it's person to person. Okay. But really the point of this, you know, the point of talking about this is you just, you have to be seen. You got to get in in order to, to get your body uh, looked at. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're doing due diligence and, and, and truly doing a full body exam and, and figuring out what, what's actually going on. So there's a study done by Gellhorn uh, who looked at Medicare patients, which is 65 plus generally. It's not always 65 plus, but in general generalities. Uh, when a PT, when a patient saw with Medicare saw PT within four weeks of initially getting low back pain, uh, they were way less likely to have a cortisone shot, uh, and they were also less likely to continuously follow up with their doctors uh, than those who waited three months thinking it would just go away. Right, and we're talking about that back pain that's like that nagging four to six out of ten pain that's just you know it's dull, it's achy, potentially it's sharp sometimes when you bend or twist. Uh, but it's bo bothersome enough that, um, you know, you had to go to the doctor in the first place. So got to get to PT right away. Okay. And I'll talk more about that in a, in a minute. Um, so early, early PT will also help reduce the risk of conversion of people with acute low back pain and acute, we talk about uh, zero to three weeks uh, to patients with chronic symptoms and chronic can, can be a lifetime of, of low back pain. So again, if you see a PT right away, you're, they're likely to fix your acute problem and make sure you don't get a chronic problem down the line. And again, a lot of that has to do with the nervous system chemistry too, and the substance P and the, and everything that comes from that pain feedback cycle at the low back. If you don't get that under control soon, it develops a neural loop. And that's really where that chronic pain starts to really take hold. We don't want that. Got to get hands-on therapy. Okay. Can't just be exercises as much as you just want on YouTube, what exercises to do for low back pain got to get some hands-on and really identify the trigger points and the spots that are type in your body to get, to get lasting results. Is there a subgroup of patients who will get a miracle type result from physical therapy? There is, it's not everybody. Okay. So I really want to caution you on this. Uh, even if you fit all of these criteria, you still may not get uh, the result that you're looking for. This study was actually done on uh, military age males. So this, uh, they're starting to kind of poke holes in it a little bit, but I'm going to talk about it anyways, uh, because it, it is still powerful for that, for that age. So, and again, so I'd say 20 to 55 year old male uh, for this. Um, people who've had low back pain for less than two weeks, we'll say two weeks, 16 days, two weeks. No symptoms distal to your knee, so no numbness and tingling below your knee. Might have something in your butt or maybe down the back of your leg a little bit, but as long as it's not below your knee, you're good. Your low back is, is tight. I can't push on it well with my hand. At least one of your hips has more than 35 degrees of rotation in a certain direction that I know you're not going to know anything about. You're not afraid of moving, okay? The fab Q. This is work, okay? That's a sub subtest, but the FAB-Q, it's a fear avoidance belief questionnaire. So sometimes we, I hand some patients, if I really feel like they just don't wanna move and they're scared, I'll hand them a, a quick FAB-Q and the FAB-Q just asks questions like, you know, do, are you, do you fear that if you move your low back pain, uh, it's, going to, it's gonna go out on you and you're not gonna be able to work and it's just very, you know, do you feel like it's, inhibiting your everyday life. And it just, if you move, is it going to create a, a huge problem for you? So we want to make sure that um, fear is normal. And, and I think that's important to, to recognize and to empathize with, but 
you just have to trust your provider that whatever they're doing is, is, is meant to help you. Okay. And uh, you've got to try some exercise. Otherwise it's, it's never going to get better. So those who, who don't have a lot of fear with movement, those who've got in, good hip, hip internal rotation, a tight low back, no symptoms below the knee. And it, it's really, you're still in an acute phase and it's not chronic. If I manipulate your back, which is a chiropractic technique, but if we do it as physical therapists, everybody in my clinic can do it. You've got a 95% chance that PT will help your problem. And that's some really powerful stuff. When we're talking about going from that four to six or that seven to eight out of 10 pain down to a zero to a one, that is powerful, okay? So that is that, you know, I'll just take a moment to just talk about, you know, our clinic a little bit and, you know, how you could potentially work with uh, either myself or one of my doctors and, and really what sets us apart. And uh, really what sets us apart is number one, you know, we make the time for you, right? So if somebody is really struggling, you're in a ton of pain, you know, my PTs will stay late or come in early to get you in. Uh, so we, we, you know, we're happy to say we do offer, you know, 24 hour appointments uh, whenever available. Um, we try to get you in the same day, the next day, especially if you're really suffering, uh, we go above and beyond to get you in. Uh, the next piece is, you know, you've got a personalized treatment plan by a doctor of PT here at Concierge. We don't have any, it's all doctors of PT here. We don't use any um, assistance, anything like that. Uh, your time is one-on-one with a doctor of PT. Okay. Appointments are typically for, you know, 45 minutes, between 45 minutes and an hour. Uh, and an evaluation is always an hour. And uh, we pride ourselves on getting to the root cause of what's going on not just identifying your symptoms, that's important, but fixing the root cause of where are the muscles tight, where are they weak, and that's what's gonna help fix your low back pain for good, right? And we also work with your, your local PCP, your healthcare providers, uh, in order to um, you know, really figure out the best course of action for you because it may, it may be surgery. You know, as much as we wanna say PT is gonna work, it might be surgery. Maybe you're too far gone. Maybe you tried you know, 10 different PTs and finally came to us and you're feeling better, but you're not all the way there. You know, that's a decision you want to make with a PT because they're going to see you on the other side of it anyways. Okay. Um, but we've got a wonderful team here. Um, you know, and, and again, if you, if you're still interested in learning more about, uh, you know, what you can do to help your low back, there's a wonderful resource on the website, uh, just showing you some exercises. Uh, it's a low back pain free report. So if you just go to conciergephysicaltherapy.com, Scroll down a little bit, you'll see all the doctors. You can read about uh, their, them and, the, and their biographies if you click on their faces. And then you can also uh, just download the low back pain report and that should give you some exercises uh, as well just to try. And uh, again, I mean, you can always reach out to me. Uh, it's drlorden at conciergephysicaltherapy.com if you have any questions or if you just like this, this webinar. Uh, I'm gonna be doing a webinar on shoulder pain next month. And uh, when we talk about all the different things, you know, especially with the winter with shoveling and everything. And uh, seemingly a lot of folks get their shoulders done in the winter. So we're going to do that. But uh, yeah, let's just look at some of these questions here. So let me get out of the share mode and just look at some of these questions. I've heard mixed info regarding planks uh, and lower back. What are your thoughts in general? Weight-bearing exercises, are they good? Uh, how does that work if it's bone on bone? So good question. So planks need to be worked up to for low back pain. So I think that's a really important um, thing that we address because if your core isn't strong enough to handle a posterior pelvic tilt or a hollow body hold, a plank, you're not going to be ready for a plank. It's going to, you're going to start to, you're, you'll hinge at different segments and that's, it's just going to be deleterious for your, to your spine. So you know, my answer to that question is it really depends on where you're at in terms of the progression of exercise, because that's really important. Um, weight-bearing exercises are great. So I would say that a safe weight-bearing exercise for your low back, if you've got a physio ball at home, put one up against the wall and you can just do some squats up and down with physio ball against the wall. Okay, that's a great exercise just for weight-bearing. If that's too easy, you can always hold a kettlebell or a dumbbell uh, for a little bit of weight added. And again, your spine should be straight when you're doing that because you're using the wall to help keep your spine straight. Okay, so good question. Thanks, Richard. Uh, what else? Q&A. 
my posture has been bad my whole life. My chiropractor says I have to see her for adjustments and adjustments just to keep aligned. Uh, so good question, Danny. So I think I, I love chiropractic. I think, you know, I do a lot of their um, techniques and I think uh, given the right circumstances a spinal manipulation is indicated. I think that when you manipulate a spine, you, that's the most that's the most ripe opportunity to then strengthen it because now it's back in line, right? So if we can manipulate it, get it from here to here, and then we can strengthen it, then you're not going to go back to that pre-manipulative position, right? So that's the whole point of combining the manip with the exercise, right? And then also what happens sometimes you can manipulate, but then the muscles, they're so tight that they start to, Danny, pull you back into rotation again. Okay. And we don't want that. So that's why we address, you know, we'll do the dry needling, we'll do the soft tissue, um, and, uh, and address that problem, uh, the muscular problem as well on top, the, the strength and the mobility on top of just the spinal manipulation is important. Uh, so, and again, you know, when you ask what makes the treatment different, it's the combination of everything, right? So it's looking and addressing the root cause which is mus musculoskeletal tightness, where is the tightness happening, which muscles are weak, which muscles need to be strengthened, uh, what is the impairment that's happening at the spine, is it degenerative disc, is it a herniated disc, all of that, uh, is it a facet dysfunction, it, it, a lot, all of that contributes to what we're going to do in our treatment, right, uh, so that's really important, and uh, the book's going to be available shortly on Amazon, yeah, thanks for asking, um, and people that sit all day, um, you know, that's a great question. So sitting all day is, is bad for you on, on a couple different levels. And I would say it's probably worse for your neck than it is for your low back. Um, depends what the hard work is, right? So if your hard work is, you know, you're working as a, um, you know, even a truck driver could be considered hard work and that's sitting all day, you know, and then loading boxes. So that's probably, you know, that's super high prevalence in that, in that population. But you know, if you're doing a lot of activities where you're bending and twisting or you're sitting on, on the ground a lot, you know, as so we see a lot of kindergarten teacher teachers or, you know, ABA therapists, things like that, that patient, people like that, or constantly crouched over all day long in, in, a, in a severe flexed posture. Uh, those are folks that we really want to address uh, the mobility deficits uh, with right away so that it doesn't get worse. Um, good. Uh, in terms of Ibuprofen, so ibuprofen, you just get at the drugstore. Uh, we recommend, you know, if you're in, a, in an acute flare-up, uh, definitely recommend doing, um, you know, 800 milligrams, which is what it's going to say in the back of the bottle uh, per day, just to get you out of that acute inflammatory stage. Um, in terms of other drugs, Flexerol, you know, we see Flexerol, we see, um, you know, sometimes a prednisone taper for five days. Uh, will help, you know, we do that. We'll work with your primary care for that. They're the ones who are going to prescribe the Flexerol or the, um, the prednisone. Uh, so that's, that's at the primary care level or at the orthopedic level, but that's typically, if, you know, if your pain isn't abating and it's not getting better and there's something, you know, I feel like it's just too bad. Uh, you know, we're talking about a seven to nine out of 10 level pain. Then I would call your primary care and say, Hey, can we get Danny some, you know, a prednisone taper and nine times out of 10, they're going to send it right to the pharmacy. You'll be good. Um, cupping. Yep. We do cupping. So, you know, it helps. Everything helps, you know, everything's got a roll. Cupping is more superficial, just takes the superficial layer of the skin kind of off the body and loosens, loosens up that layer. Uh, Graston technique gets a little bit deeper, one to, one to two centimeters, getting in, kind of scraping the tissue, loosening it up. Dry needles go a little bit further. They can go almost six to seven centimeters into your glutes you know, three to four centimeters into your low back. Yeah. Uh, so Graston's, I mean, dry needling is probably the deepest tool that we have to get to trigger points. Um, you know, in DDD, you know, and again, I mean, so you've had DDD for 20 years, you know, why does it hurt now? It just, it's so dependent on, you know, you could have done something you, you didn't even think about. Maybe you slept wrong, you know, but your spine was already predisposed. Your spine is here. It's a little bit more uh, congruent. It's a little bit more uh, bone on bone. And all you had to do was bend and twist. The muscles weren't strong and, uh, you know, now there you are with a little bit of inflammation and the inflammation is what propagates the pain. So it could have been something you did a week ago, two days ago. A lot of times folks will come in and tell me, you know, I don't even remember what happened. It just started hurting, you know, just sore, you know, this one day and I don't even, maybe it was the gym, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. They can't remember um, what the mechanism was uh, 
that cause the back pain, obviously you've got the diagnosis of DDD or DJD or osteopenia or whatever, um, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, it could just be a simple, you know, he bent and twisted the wrong way and, and now you get some back pain. So uh, again, that's why I would suggest just, you know, coming in or going to your local PT for uh, a good consult and, and getting to the root cause of, you know, why are you having those symptoms? Is, is it inflamed? Do we need to address the inflammation first and then get you out of that seven and seven to nine out of 10 pain? Or if you're in a three to four out of 10 pain, can we get you moving uh, to then help you, um, you know, improve your, your mobility and, and your pain levels for good uh, if your pain levels aren't that high? So if we can, if your pain levels are between a three and a five, you're going to be in a much, uh, in a much better uh, scenario to get really great results with PT right away. If you're at a nine or a 10 out of uh, not, you know, nine or 10 out of 10 pain, it's going to be a couple of days. We have to manage the pain cycle first before we can really get you going with PT. Good questions. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hooked on Health podcast with your host, Dr. Sean T. Lorden, author of the 11 Winning Secrets to Stop Beijing in Its Tracks and owner, private practice owner of concierge physical therapy in Sutton, Mass and soon to be Westboro, Mass. Thanks again for tuning in.